episode of the Bailed Up Podcast. My name's Albie and today on the podcast episode we have four amazing segments for you today. We'll start it off with a weekly whack, then have What a Snag, which is the moment of the week. Then we'll thirdly have the predictions, which I will predict something, obviously, and then we'll finish it off with an unknown segment. I don't know what the segment is. You don't know what the segment is, and you just have to listen to the entirety of this podcast until the very end to find out what that unknown segment is. So let's get straight into it with the first segment of today's episode. This is the Weekly Whack. Welcome to the Weekly Whack, the new segment on the Bailed Up podcast, and let's just get straight into it, shall we? The Australia um, and England fourth Ashes test ended in a draw with a thrilling final day. Um, the umpires deemed there was bad light, so Australia had to revert to spin bowlers, which meant that Steve Smith was allowed to have a trundle, came in, got a wicket in the third last over, looked like he was going to replicate Michael Clark's heroics, but he didn't, which is a bit disappointing for Australia because um, that meant that they couldn't win 5-0 in the series, but better for England, it's a better result than losing, obviously. And on to the next piece of Ashes news, an England collapse sparked um, a great Australian victory to claim the fifth Ashes test, which meant they won the Ashes series 4-0. Some England legends are saying that the England side coming out here was the worst one ever, and they're a laughing stock, which is a bit harsh in my opinion. Um, But just that last batting performance from England was just summarised their summer in total, wasn't very good, and there was a particularly bizarre dismissal from Mark Wood. He came out there when there was literally no chance of winning at all. Um, Paddy Cummins bowled a half volley. He square uh, drove it through the point region, and then he clubbered one over the top of mid-off for four runs, and then the next ball, he stepped onto the offside to try and open up the leg side. Paddy Cummins, a bowler he is, bowled a bouncer, um, and then Mark Wood played a pull shot, and it hit it into his stumps, his middle stump. It was very confusing. That just summed up England's series with the bat, and it's not very... They don't show much pride leaving Australia at all. So it's not very good for England fans, but great for Australia fans like me because it's very exciting to see Australia do so well. Hopefully they can bring that positive um, energy and vibes into their next series versus Pakistan in Pakistan. Um, And that's all we have for the Ashes News next. On to the piece of news. South Africa have won the three-test series against India. 2-1 and let me just say there was a lot of controversy in that test Dean Elgar the captain and opening batsman of South Africa got struck on the pads the um, front leg pad by Ravi Ashwin the off spinner from India Um, it looks quite plumb in my opinion and the umpire thought it was as well Um, he caught it out Dean Elgar didn't think it was out or just reviewed it because of the sake of the team um, and it showed it was not out. And let me just say, 
Ravi Ashwin, Kaya Rahul and Virat Kohli were not happy at all. They were caught on stump mic criticising the DRS system and Supersport, which was the broadcasting um, service for that three-test series, but they apologised and they've moved on. And speaking of Virat Kohli, Virat Kohli has stepped down as India's test captain. He was one of the most successful um, test captains for India ever. It's a bit disappointing to see him step down, but no worries. He will keep um, playing for India for a few more years, I reckon. He'll keep playing. He'll show that fight and he'll... Uh, still lead the team in whatever way he can, I'm pretty sure. So it's a bit disappointing for Rat Kohli and India, but it's his choice and it's his life, so he's allowed to do that. And on to the next um, piece of news. The Women's Ashes begins on January the 20th. Very exciting. In a three-format series versus the Poms with three T20 internationals at the start, a test match in the middle, and then three ODIs to conclude the series. It's each format is worth different points. It is very confusing. It's a I'll go through I'll go through that sort of point system in the next episode. So tune into the next episode if you want to. No, you have to, please. Um and then on to the next piece of news. Beth Mooney, the star batter for the Women's Ashes. She looked like she was going to be in some great form coming into the Women's Ashes. Was struck in the face during training, got hit in the head and her jaw has been fractured, causing her to get some surgery and her... um, her performance leading into the Ashes has been questioned. Um, she might not be able to play because of that fractured jaw, and she might not be able to play in the ODI World Cup coming up um, this year as well, So, which is a bit disappointing for the Australians, but she might be able to play. You don't lose hope, everyone. And then that's what we have for the women's Ashes. onto the men's Ashes. Travis Head was named the player of the series with 357 runs at an average of 59.50 and two centuries. And let me just say, he missed one test as well because he tested positive to COVID um, in the fourth test, the Sydney test. So it's great to see him succeed. He's in career best form and hopefully he can convert that form to... Um, over in Pakistan in the next coming month. And this is some very bizarre news, let's just say. Ireland, an up-and-coming cricket nation, have beat the West Indies to claim a 2-1 series victory. Ireland, it's good to see from Ireland, they've um, progressively gotten very good at cricket. They've started to appear in um, test cricket a bit more and also in all um, formats in the World Cup. So it's great for Ireland. They're progressing in cricket. Hopefully we can see them um, play Australia and other big nations in a few years as well, but not so great for West Indies. West Indies had the likes of Nicholas Puran and Kieran Pollard. So not great for West Indies, but great for Ireland. So that's all we have time for today on the Weekly Wax, which is the news, if I need to remind you. And on to the next segment. Water snag, the moment of the week. Welcome to Water Snag, which is the moment of the week in the Bowed Up podcast. If you've been watching or looking at the BBL in the last couple of weeks, you've seen in recent days one of the catches of the BBL, one of the catches of the year in my opinion, it's only January the 17th, but still, or January the 18th, I forget, but still, it's one of the greatest catches I think I've ever seen. Glenn Maxwell took an absolute hanger. He's in star fielder, Glenn Maxwell is. Um, it was against 
the Brisbane Heat. He caught Ben Duckett off uh, Nathan Coutinho's bowling. He was running back, looked like he wasn't going to make it, jumped, took it with one hand going backwards, and then uh, did a little roll. Rolls always. When you do a roll after a catch, it makes it look way better from the words of Brad Hodge. So it looks great. I'll play the audio here. Hit it well. Oh! Incredible! You're From Maxwell! Get out of it! Talk about X-Factor! Talking about having a night out! It really was an amazing catch from Glenn Maxwell, and it seems like he produces that most years. So that's all we have time for today on What a Snag, and on to the next segment. Time to predict with predictions. Welcome to predictions, where obviously I predict something. Now today, I'm going to predict what the Australia's Test Tour to Pakistan squad will be. I have a 17-player squad, because obviously they need 17 players because of COVID and going to Pakistan, a subcontinental country. And then I will also say what I think the first T20 team will be for the women's Ashes. So let's get straight straight on to it with a 17 player squad. Now there's a lot been a lot of great performances during um, the Ashes series and I've got a few that might be a surprise. I've got Pat Cummins captain, Steve Smith vice captain. Um, those are just perfectly good spots for them um, both the players. Pat Cummins needs that spot. He is the captain and Steve Smith is the vice captain so they automatically have the spot. Then Alex Carey. I know keeping behind the stumps he has had a bit of criticism but he got that good 49. Unfortunately he couldn't make a 50 but he um, rode his luck. Got 49 um, in the 5th Ashes test um, and he's quite clean behind the stumps and took a very very good um, quick catch behind the stumps in the third day of the fifth Ashes Test as well. And next I've got in Scotty Boland. I don't expect him to play too much because I've also got Josh Hazelwood in because Josh Hazelwood will be coming back from injury and will be going to um, uh, Pakistan, I'm pretty sure. So I won't think that Scott Boland will get too many goes, but I've still got him in the squad as a backup. Uh, next, I've got Mick Swepson. There was an article um, in the Cricket Australia website earlier um, that Nathan Lyons said that he expects um, to play along Mick Swepson in his career at some time. And I think in Pakistan, where there's a lot of variable bounce and spin and turn, that they're going to play together. So I've got Mick Swepson there. Then I've got Marcus Harris. So I think Marcus Harris will um, maybe open a alongside David Warner. I think he might um, miss out a few tests. I think they'll let Usman Khawaja open a couple times because last time Usman Khawaja played against Pakistan or in a subcontinental um, place, he played at the UAE and got a great hundred um, to stop uh, Pakistan from beating Australia. That was in 2018. So... I've got Usman Khawaja in as well, and I've got Marcus Harris. Next, I've got Nathan Lyon. Um, he's their go-to spinner, so I've got him to play um, in the squad. Then I've got Josh Hazelwood as well. Um, uh, this might may, may sound a bit harsh, but I think Josh Hazelwood is just a bit better than Scott Boland. He opens up the Boland... Uh, open up, opens up the bowling, gets a bit more um, bounce 
uh, hits the line and length every single time, and he's got a bit more speed. Um, it sounds a bit harsh, but hopefully Scott Boland might get a game, but I think if Josh Hazelwood's fit, then he's definitely going to get a game. Then David Warner will open alongside either Marcus Harris or Usman Kawaja. I think probably Usman Kawaja. Then we've got Marnus Labashain at three. Hopefully... Um, he can do better than last time he played against, um, played against Pakistan because he made, if you didn't know, he made his test debut against Pakistan in the UAE and got a, um, he got a duck in his first test. So that's not very good for him. Um, there was something on the test documentary. He said he uh, made a run out and got a wicket and a catch before he made his first test run. And it's not like that anymore. So minus Labuschagne will definitely bat at three. Hopefully he can um, get some big scores and fight for a good test series and then next we've got Travis Head he showed that that number five is definitely his spot so he'll bat there I reckon and he's in the squad as well Cam Green's in um it'll be his first time playing in a subcontinental country so hopefully he can perform well I have no doubt he will um he's a great player and he showed he um Late in the series in the last two tests that he batted really, really well. He got a couple 50s, got back-to-back 74s, um, and he also bowled very, very well as as well. And then next I've got Mitchell Stark. Um, I've got him there. Um, he obviously left arm, has to be in there. Then I've got Jai Richardson. Um, he's fast. He's he has a lot of pace, and he only he missed out um, in this Ashes Test. I reckon he should have got one more test. He got a fifer and then got dropped, which is a bit disappointing. But hopefully we can see him in the series, in that series. Then I've got Michael Nessa, um, the Queenslander. He also got it robbed. He um, played a good test, a good solid test, batted reasonably well, bowled it very, very well, got his first test wicket and his third ball of his first over in test cricket. Um, and I see him playing in another squad as well, maybe playing a match, I don't even know. But And then my last is Mitch Marsh. Mitch Marsh played in the last Pakistan series. Um, he did reasonably well. And the form that Mitch Marsh is in, it doesn't matter what format, I think they should include him because he's doing very, very well. And if someone like um, Cam Green gets injured or someone gets injured, um, they can result him. He has a he's reasonably good at bowling, but if they don't want him to bowl, he's a batting option as well. So I reckon include Mitch Marsh, and that's what I have for my 17-player squad for that Australian-Pakistan um, Test Tour later in the year. And now for the first time ever on predictions, we've got two predictions in one segment. So let's get straight into it. I'm predicting what the first 11 will be for the first T20 International of the Women's Ashes. Um, There's been some talk about Elise Perry not playing because Rachel Haynes is coming into it. Um, But Beth Mooney... Uh, cannot play. I don't think she can play because she's recovering. Um, she's having surgery because she broke her jaw um, earlier in the day. So I'll just say what I think it is. Alyssa Healy will be opening alongside Elise Perry. They do it in the BBL. They've done it for a long time, so I can't see why not. They can't do it on international level. Um, they've had one of the best records in the WBBL opening alongside each other. So I see them doing that on the international stage maybe. 
And then at three, I've got Meg Lanning, the captain. And then four, Ash Gardner with some fireworks. I would have, I would have maybe put Rachel Haynes in at um, four, but I thought that if they're not going too well, or if Alyssa Healy gets out, uh, or someone else gets out, Ash Gardner can come in, provide some um, big hitting, and then if she gets out, then there's still a solid rock of Rachel Haynes um, next in the order. Then I've got Talia McGrath. She was one of the players of the tournament, in my opinion, for the Adelaide Strikers in the WBBL. And she can also bowl reasonably well as well. So I see her at that number six spot. Next, I've got Nicola Carey. She's quite experienced in the T20 format, so I see her playing at number seven. Then I've got Jess Jonathan um, coming back. She's a left-arm spinner. And she's one of the best in the world at it. So she's definitely back in the team. And she's also a very handy um, batter as well. So she will be at number eight. And she's also a batter that can be used there. And then next, I've already got a fair few, um, in my opinion, I've already got a fair few uh, pace bowlers. Because I've got Elise Perry, Talia McGrath, and Nicola Carey. So I've got in... Alana King. Alana King broke out in this season of the WBBL for the Perth Scorchers. Um, she was one of the Golden Arms, and she's a right arm leg spin bowler. So I've got her at number nine. Um, she will make her international debut, in my opinion. Then I've got Megan Shoot, the veteran. Um, she's the only person ever in the women's game to get two hat tricks on international stage so I see her returning to the international side and then I'm finishing with some pure pace with um Taylor Vlamink so that's what my starting 11 will be for the women's ashes t20 international so that's all we have time for today on predictions now we're on to the next segment into the unknown with this unknown segment Welcome to the unknown segment, and you've been waiting the entire episode to find out what this unknown segment is, and now is the time, and let me just say, as a cricket fan myself, I obviously play cricket, I play club cricket and representative cricket, and last week I represented my association in the... um, junior wa country week and it was very very fun and there was how many divisions was there as i look at my piece of paper lent against my computer we have five divisions we had in the country week we had under 14 c's under 14 b's under 14 a's under 16 b's and under 16 a's our team did pretty well we won a couple games but we finished um fourth place last in the Pool A of under 14 A's. We did all right, but there's always room for improvement, and I didn't particularly do that well. But let me get on to the results. Under 14 C's, the Peel um, Cricket Association, Junior Cricket Association, they had four teams. Their number four team came first in under 14 C's, so good job them. Good job for anyone, everyone who participated in under 14 C's. I bet you had a great time. And then going on to under 14 B's, uh, Broome Junior Cricket Association, they won every single game that they had. Um, They came first in the Pool A um, in under 14 B's. They won every single game. One kid um, 
in their team. We've got 216 in one of the games, which is great job. Great job to him. And then in the Pool B, Albany 2, Albany and Districts Junior Cricket Association, they came first in Pool B. So great job to those people who participated in those teams because you obviously got your team across the line and came first in your division. So great job. And then moving on to under 14 A's. Our team came fourth in Pool A and who came first? Albany and Districts Junior Cricket Association. Their number one team, they came first in the Pool A. And then in Pool Second, Bunbury and Districts Junior Cricket Association won. They um, came first in the Pool B. So congratulations to everyone who participated. I know that um, in the Bunbury and Districts Junior Cricket Association, one of the kids made 100 and one other kid made a 50 and a few other kids made a 50. So good job to them. I know some of them, so great job to them. And then moving on to under 16 Bs, on to Pool A. In Pool A, West Pilbara won, West Pilbara Junior Cricket Association. They came first in Pool A. Pool 2, Wellington Junior Cricket Association. Um, they came first, Wellington 2, the second team. They came first in Pool B, so congratulations them. And to all teams in under-16Bs, including my under-16s team, um, my under-16s B team from my association. I'm under-14s A, but um, we had an under-16s Bs team from my association. So good job to everyone who participated. And moving on to under-16As, Bumbering Districts Cricket Association came first in the uh, under 16 A's in under 16 A's it gets quite serious you uh, the people playing for um, the teams playing for first and second they get to play at the WACA uh, uh, the Western the West Australia Cricket Association ground they get to play there on the turf pitch which is very exciting and uh, obviously BDCA or Bunbury and Districts Cricket Association they came up top so congratulations to them and congratulations to all the teams who participated and all people who participated in the WA Junior Cricket Country Week. I really enjoyed it and everyone who I participated with, they really enjoyed it as well. So good job to everyone. And that's the unknown segment for today and on to the outro. Thank you for listening to the 8th episode of the Bowed Up Podcast. Um, it was great to have your company today. I don't know who you are. I know most people who listen to this podcast, but some of you I may not know. So thanks for listening. I put lots of effort into this podcast, so please share and tell lots of your friends and family. It would be great for me and for the podcast as well. So thank you for listening to the Bowed Up Podcast for today. I'm Albie. Albie out.